Welcome to you. Monday, June 5th already. And we're already in the sixth month of the year. It's flying. And it's good to have you here on the Plus. Welcome to the Damon Bruce Show. It is wonderful to have you aboard today. We got a lot to get into and new bells and whistles coming. Anyone notice what's going on here? New microphone. Mrs. Pluse was up to something over the weekend. I don't want to tell you exactly what she was up to, but it does sound a little something like this. Oy, oy, oy! Uh-oh. Daddy's got a new toy. We will get to all of that. Uh, welcome. Hello. We begin this hello with a goodbye. Today's show begins with a rest in peace to hum baby himself, Roger Craig, passing away at the age of 93 yesterday, the longtime baseball lifer. What a life he led. You know, this is one of those situations where, look, anytime someone dies, it's sad, obviously, but this is not tragic. This is a man who lived into his 90s. Uh, you make it to your 90s, you've done pretty darn well. How much longer than that you'd really want to go? Well, I guess that's up to you. Uh, a wife... Four kids, seven grandkids, 14 great-grandchildren, and he passes away yesterday, apparently of natural causes. I mean, when you're 90, what, I mean, whatever kills you at that point, unless it's a car crash, it's, it's about time when that happens. But for a generation of Giants fans, there is no doubt a little dauber down, right? It's dauber down time because he helped a generation of Giants fans fall in love with the team, fall in love with the sport of baseball. Uh, I appeared for a little home and home with Larry Kruger last night after game two of the NBA finals, and we'll certainly get there in just a little bit. But he called him, Larry did, called Roger Craig the greatest sign-stealing manager in the National League. And in the era where the stolen base and AstroTurf fields and speed was prolific, Roger Craig's ability to always call that pitch out, to pick up the stolen base sign, is what really separated him from other managers around baseball. He was beloved. He installed a sense of pride in the San Francisco Giants when they had became kind of a prideless organization. They, you know, a lot of players were really down on playing at Candlestick. And Roger Craig said, no, we're going to turn this all around. We're going to turn everybody's attitude around. We are going to turn what are clear disadvantages of Candlestick into a home field advantage for us as a baseball team. And he did a lot of, lot of things that resonated without a World Series championship, but greatly in the hearts of Giants fans. Again, a generation of adult Giants fans became fans of the Giants when they were kids on Roger Craig's watch. 586 wins are the sixth most in franchise history and the third most by any manager who has managed the San Francisco Giants. And just to let you know, his overall managerial record was 738. 738 wins scored against 737 losses. So it's official. Roger Craig goes out a winner and uh, long baseball career, baseball lifer. I did not know him when he was the manager of the Giants. I saw him around the club, you know, as, uh, um, you know, a guest of the team. Uh, he was, you know, the, you know, a, a, like a managerial emeritus, uh, not emeritus, emeritus. He was, uh, he was a beloved figure 
a beloved figure around the team. He spoke with great color and language of baseball, and uh, he will absolutely be missed by the Giants family. And I got to tell you, baseball really is all about family. And as I told you on Friday, I was bringing Jack to the yard. First game Jack ever went to was Bruce Bochy's last game. Third game Jack ever went to happens to be the same day that Roger Craig passed away. So when it comes to Giants managers, uh, Jack has, you know, just his presence in the yard means something's about to happen. Um, if, if things continue to go wrong, maybe we'll bring him back there, and that's how they get rid of Kapler. But look, the Giants aren't that bad, even though they played a lifeless game yesterday against Baltimore and had a terrible homestand. They really did. Um, Giants are off today. They're heading to Colorado for a three-game series before returning to host the Cubs on Friday. But yesterday, yesterday at the yard was magical. It was magical for me. Like, I, 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 I can almost cry thinking about the memories that I made with my son at the yard yesterday. I don't know what memories he'll take with him. He's three years old. I don't know how much of this will stay with him. He remembered his second game ever was in a luxury box, and he remembered our own room with cupcakes so the kid's got a good memory, but I mean, I, I really don't have any memories of my childhood that began until I was about five years old, but he still remembered just last year going to the park and yesterday it was just me and Jack and we had a wonderful day. I, I set the over under at about uh, what, four and a half innings. We, we lasted about five. I'm going to call it a push because we actually only watched like two innings of baseball. <laughs> I mean, first of all, the Giants didn't give us much to watch, but Jack just had a, a wonderful day, like a little kid running around the yard. It was it was fantastic. He uh, he officially his stats on the day. He took down a pretzel. He took down a cup of Dippin' Dots. He took down uh, half a sleeve of cotton candy. He took down two lemonades, uh, one natural lemonade, the other strawberry lemonade, and had about as much fun on that cable car out in center right field as a little kid has ever had in the in the yard. Uh, he wanted me to pick him up so he could ring the bell so many times. I got sick and tired of it. I go to sit down on the cable car. Next thing you know, Jack is talking strange, total strangers, mothers and fathers, to pick him up so he could keep on ringing the bell. Kid's, kid's a debater, man. He's he's an influencer. Um, it, was, it was just fantastic. He got a... Gigantes jersey. It was Latino Heritage Day at the ballpark, so they had all these uh, guys playing drums and women dancing in ornately feathered outfits, and Jack called them the chicken ladies because to a kid, that looks like you're wearing chicken plumes. So he thought, he's like, I love the chicken ladies. I said, what? <laughs> First of all, it's Latino Heritage Day, Jack. They should be called the Poyos Hermanas. Uh, you know, that that's what you should call them. But um, it was uh, it was a great day. It was really a great day. I don't know what he'll remember, but I'll remember that day for the rest of my life. And that brings me to something else real quickly, because we're not going to spend a lot of time today just talking about the A's who are you know about to flirt with their 50th loss of the year before they even get a chance to win what 13 games. It's 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 all very sad, obviously. But the A's right now are fan funding their own giveaway, a June 13th game, which is Tuesday, June 13th against Tampa Bay. They're doing a reverse boycott. That's what they're calling it. This is a game that normally wouldn't have collected much dust, and that was in a good year, right? 
That's when the whole rooted in Oakland thing was still like, oh, you might have believed in it. This this would not have been a big attendance type of game anyway. So maybe that's why they chose it for the ironic sort of reverse boycott. Let's try to fill the Coliseum. Anyways, fans have raised over $25,000 to fund the printing of green T-shirts, which just across in white letters say sell. Is everyone going to put that T-shirt on and wear? I hope so. Uh, Print the shirts. I love it. I absolutely love it. But unfortunately, it's impossible to shame a man who is without shame. You know, John Fisher has no shame, no talent, no pride, and has got no skills beyond being born the son of a man who is richer and smarter than he. That's it. So will it do anything other than make you feel good temporarily about the situation? I, I really don't know. But I tell you, as I spent a day at the yard yesterday with my son, it broke my heart thinking how really unavailable that is for A's fans right now. What A's fan, given the situation the team has put you in, would bring their child to the yard to fall in love with a team that might be moving out of town soon? It's like, you know, it's you're, you're totally stuck as a fan. How do you pass down generational love of the game when the game is literally because of an awful owner not loving you back right now? I thought about that yesterday how the biggest crime of John Fisher isn't greed. His biggest sin is robbing so many baseball fans in the East Bay of a team to pass down to a younger generation like a baton. Like that absolutely just, it breaks my heart. It really, really does. We'll get to the NBA Finals here in just a second. Let me take a little sip of coffee. Again, welcome. It's wonderful to have you here, whether you're listening on the podcast, whether you're watching live on YouTube or a little bit later on this afternoon, this evening on YouTube. Thank you so much for being here. Um, as has been pointed out to me so many times by just, you know, the the group that now calls themselves the Plusers. Um your loyalty to me has just been extraordinary. It's why this is up and underway and officially running. Um what is awesome is that loyalty and dedication to me is now being expressed by treating my sponsors incredibly well. Um, obviously, my man here, Ike, uh, he is going to be opening a new store in Brentwood very, very soon. I'm making plans to go out there, and we'll have details for a little come on out, meet and greet, free sandwiches, Lots of things going on with my buddy Ike coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll give you all the details that you need when you need them. I promise you that. Um, thanks so much to Ike's. Uh, you don't have to wait until the Brentwood store opens. There are almost 100 other Ike's for you to go ahead and pick up a delicious sandwich for lunch today in. Uh, also, my uh, other beloved sponsor, is Blackened Whiskey, which is the official sponsor of Club Plus, and we'll bust out the sign a little bit later. Um, but, man, uh, had a couple of, uh, look at it this way. We, we used to have, I think, five bottles upstairs. Now we, now we got four. It was a fun weekend. Had some boys over on Saturday. We grilled meats, we drank whiskey, and we behaved like proper men. It was wonderful. Um, so that was really good. That was fantastic. Thanks, as always, to Blackened. You are the best. And the newest sponsor to the show is Uncle Boys. 
a mom and pop burger stand if there ever was one you can find it on balboa and fourth we've already had plusers drew down drove in from tracy to get himself a burger to support uncle boys to support the show to honor my sponsors thank you drew i saw that Anytime anyone goes to Uncle Boy's, hit me up on social media. Anytime you go out and you get a bottle of Blackened, hit me up on social media. Anytime you're sitting down enjoying an Ike sandwich, hit me up on social media. Tell me where you are, what you're eating. I love to hear about it. I really, really do. The greatest way you can be good to me is by being great to my sponsors and Uncle Boy's. Let me tell you, what a wonderful local story. They really, really are. Um... Unlike Ike, who has almost 100 stores, they got one. They have one store. It's a great place to pick up a to-go burger. Delicious. Get the onion rings, if you don't mind me saying. And uh, they have officially become the uh, official burger of the Damon Bruce Show here on YouTube and on uh, the podcast as well. So love to all my sponsors indeed. Uh, love me some NBA basketball. Best case scenario, we have four basketball games remaining until next basketball season. No, wait, we have five because we're two in, right? It's a seven-game series. If Miami keeps playing like they played last night, hello, Miami Heat. Flashing a little culture, doing something I did not think that they were going to do. They picked up a split in Denver. Game three on Wednesday becomes an absolute monster it really really does um we saw jimmy butler at you know his not even his most effective but jimmy was controlling himself in that game and uh playing great d in moments and making great decisions with the ball either scoring or assisting duncan robinson shows up for a big fourth quarter uh bam continues to give all he can against Jokic, who got his points but really was reduced as that point forward, point center, to get the rest of the Nuggets involved, who slept walked through that game to the point where Mike Malone goes scorched earth on Denver after a three-point loss. Now, you're not happy that you dropped a home game, right? Not happy about that, but Mike Malone's quotes, I got to read some of them to you. Quote, Mike, Michael Malone, uh, we had guys out there who were feeling sorry for themselves or not making shots. They thought they could just turn it on and off. This isn't some preseason, the regular season. This is the NBA Finals. That is perplexing and disappointing. I asked our players why the loss, and they knew it. Miami came here and outworked us. Quote, our least disciplined game. We got lucky in game one. So there you go. I mean, he's he's, you know, Reevaluating, relitigating the game one win, moving it over into the category of luck. Michael Malone was pissed. He knows he needs to wake his team up because, look, the Denver Nuggets are the better team. Miami shouldn't be winning games on their home court. I wonder if the reason why that crowd gets a little like for an NBA crowd, it is fired up at player introductions. It's fired up pregame. It's fired up in the first half. And I wonder if like that's when the edibles start kicking in because that crowd gets a little, hey, man, <laughs> come third quarter, fourth quarter. Maybe it's the Nuggets not giving them enough to cheer for. I really don't know. But uh, it's 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 been a little bit of a weird atmosphere in the second half in those games. Um, the wheel started falling off in that fourth quarter. Malone goes on. They were getting whatever they wanted. That's two games where our fourth quarter defense was non-existent. I told our guys we wouldn't win this game tonight. We would have stolen one. They were going to steal a game on their own home court. 
Tonight, they buried us. Pissed off Mike Malone. Jeez. So we'll see if that doesn't wake his team up as they go to now Miami for game three and four. Um, but we got ourselves in NBA Finals. I still, look, I said Nuggets in five. That could still happen. But I did not think, I really did not think Miami was going to pick up a game in Denver. They did last night. Cheers to them. The old saying is that an NBA playoff series doesn't start until somebody picks up a win on the other team's home floor. So congratulations. The NBA Finals have officially begun. Um, uh, Interesting note on Nikola Jokic. Last night, he became the third player in NBA postseason history to have accumulated 500 points, 200 rebounds, and 150 assists in a single playoff run. The only other players who have ever done that in NBA history are LeBron James, who did it four times, and Larry Bird, who did it in 1987. Damn. Dude, Jokic. Jokic might not be for the kids. He might not be cool. He might not be a scintillating player, but he is officially establishing himself as one of the great front court players of our lifetimes. He truly is. This guy is a badass. So those are some impressive stats, and that's great company to be keeping, obviously. You know, though, I I couldn't help but watch some of the reaction that the national media was having, not just after game two, but leading up into game one, post game one, hyping up game two. Adam Silver has a problem with his league, and I'm not sure how he or anyone is going to go about fixing it because in order to fix this problem, they're going to, the NBA, the media is going to need a little journalistic integrity sewn back into it, and I don't know if that's going to happen. I really don't know if that's going to happen. Adam Silver's got a media that overhypes things that don't need to be overhyped and then essentially throws up the shrug emoji when it gets to something. And look, media shouldn't be selling for teams, but media partners should be. I'm not saying beat writers need to sell the finals. I'm not saying people who are covering the finals need to sell the finals, but these actual networks that own the rights and are media partners, you know, LeBron and the Warriors, they sell themselves. They really do. You can stop the heavy lifting for like two of the strongest entities in the room. There's so much heavy lifting done for LeBron and the Warriors throughout the regular season that by the time you get to an unexpected NBA Finals, right? By the time you get to an unexpected NBA Finals, you have already blown the opportunity to sell the teams that are in that. The time to start selling the Denver Nuggets was two years ago. You know, to look at Jokic and just say, well, uh, yeah, he's won a couple of MVPs and now he's in the finals. It's not a good job promoting the NBA finals. And that's essentially all the, 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 the people know what to say. They don't know how to actually create a conversation about basketball, just about popular kids. This is not electing a homecoming king. This shouldn't be a popularity contest for, you know, the sources that claim to be news services. How many hours have been spent debating, discussing things that have been debated and discussed ad nauseum? 
again, the best time to inform a national audience about how cool Jimmy Butler was, was a couple of years ago. You know, th th think about it. You've known more about Jimmy Butler's coffee operation in the bubble than you know about his own career. You've heard more stories about Jimmy Butler, Rachel Nichols rumors than you have about what he's done in his career. This is a six-time All-Star. This is an NBA steals leader. This is a guy who's been on five All-NBA teams. He was the NBA's most improved player at one point in his career. Five All-Defensive second team nods. This, this guy's one of the best values in the NBA if you value defense and winning consistently. But, oh, no, he had bubble coffee. You know he charged $20 for bubble coffee? I mean, that is where we are. What the hell? This is what happens when newsrooms are no longer occupied by adults who understand how to frame things correctly and historically. It's occupied by, you know, generation sorry, not sorry. Generation TikTok, a whole bunch of 20-something, so I'm not accusing of doing anything wrong, but when you're 20-something, you don't know shit. You don't know any history. By generation uncurious of history, uncurious, not curious, I don't know what's the right way to say it. Anyways, kind of ridiculous. Kind of ridiculous. Um, like I said, when it comes to baseball, Giants are off today. The A's are playing this afternoon in Pittsburgh. Um, there is uh, there is an NBA trade debt, or excuse me, there's a major league trade deadline coming up sooner than anyone really wants to start talking about it. And I was reading a list about what the Giants might do, and it had them, you know, kind of into the category of sellers. Giants need to get on their good foot and figure out what they're going to be with the talent that they have and what they're going to do with that talent. If they're going to add to it, if they're going to subtract from it, because I could see the Giants going two different ways. They could actually say we're better than we thought we would be, so let's add a pitcher and maybe a player or two. Or they look at their assets like, you know, Jock Peterson, J.D. Davis, you know, players that would get interest from other teams and say to themselves, huh, Maybe we should sell off, suffer a little bit now, and rebuild this thing. I don't think they got the guts to do that. That's just not the way they do business. Before we get into Club Plus here, I got to tell you that uh, we got a shout out for Rose Zhang. Have you seen what this woman did over the weekend? She golfed at Stanford. She won an NCAA championship. She turns pro. She gets a sponsor invite and wins her first LPGA event. That gets in. Oh, yeah, 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 it does. She's the first LPGA player to win her debut event since 1951. She's the first ever to win an NCAA Division I title and an LPGA event in the same season, and she did it in about a two-week span. She's Tigress Woods. She's only 20 years old. There you go. Take that, Michelle Wee. I think we've found golf's next phenomenon. So there you go. Like I said, we're never going to waste your time. We are never going to drag you through anything that isn't important to me, to you. And on that note, uh, I, I want to say thanks to everyone who tuned in. We got a little something special coming up here on Club Plus. Oh, yeah, we do. Again, Daddy's got a new toy. And we will eventually, because OTAs are going to start up again this week. Uh, are you ready for... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are about to enter Club Plus, but if you're listening on the podcast, I can tell you right now, it was wonderful having you here. Take good care of my sponsors, Ike's Blackened and Uncle Boys. If you're thinking about a little lunch, go ahead and pick that up. In the meantime, thank you for tuning in, and please remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it.